Well, we are glad to welcome you back to season two. I guess welcome you to season two for the first time, but welcome you back to the lesser known Lewis podcast. Um, we're very, very happy that season two is underway and, and we've got lots planned for you. Uh, what might that be, Jordan? Oh man, we actually have a lot of exciting things going on. A lot of exciting things happened uh, since the last time that you and I recorded, which wasn't that long ago. Um, first of all, I think what's most exciting for me is that I got us in touch with David Bates from the Pints with Jack podcast. Um, Sean, have you listened to Pints with Jack? Absolutely. Not every episode, but um, before we started our podcast and when I was just looking at the other Lewis podcasts that were out there, that was the one that I settled into the most. Yeah, I... uh, I also haven't listened to every episode. They have so many, but uh, Mm -hmm. if you don't know uh, Pints with Jack, they're a weekly C.S. Lewis podcast, and I've been listening pretty regularly for about two years. They're the podcast that kind of gave me the idea that something like this might be worth doing. And um, anyway, so they go through C.S. Lewis's books chapter by chapter. Uh, They're kind of like the more well-known Lewis podcast in a lot of ways (laughs) also because they're actually very well known. They've got a lot of listeners and it's uh, very well-deserved, but they are, uh, they're great guys. They are my Lewis heroes and they, they also have like dozens, like maybe over a hundred interviews with Lewis scholars, uh, which is pretty impressive. So lots of cool stuff to listen to there. Uh, We are, we're telling you about them right off the bat here in season two, because first of all, they're worth listening to. If you're listening to us, go give them a follow uh, and a listen, but also just because, like I said, I got in touch with them and um, they have been so helpful to us and so kind and generous uh, with their time and with their um, help for our podcast, figuring out how to help us get better at what we're doing. Um, They've been promoting us in various forums online. And uh, most of all, this is the cool, exciting thing for our listeners to know. They're giving us a page on their website. So uh, I don't have, I haven't made the page yet, but eventually you'll be able to go and see our own lesser known Lewis page on pintswithjack.com. But in the meantime, they actually created uh, a resource page for all of C.S. Lewis's essays. And so you can go to pintswithjack.com slash essays, and there you'll find a list of all the essays that we're covering, uh, as well as like where to find them in print form or online or on YouTube or in Audible even. So kind of if you want to hear or read any of the essays we're talking about, go to pintswithjack.com slash essays, and you'll find all of it there. But they've also linked each essay to take you directly to our episodes, which is just so cool. So anyway, uh, that's been like so uh, exciting for me. I'm very thankful for them. Um, go listen and give them a subscription. If you uh, are up or if you're enjoying our podcast, you'll love what they're doing. Um, Sean, what's exciting for season two for you? Well, I'm, I'm on board with everything you said. Um, really, really uh, grateful for the connection with Pints with Jack. Uh, last season we covered the timely essays. So we, we tried to talk about things that were more related to current events and issues that the, the world is grappling with this season. We are diving more into Lewis's take on the Christian life or the spiritual life. 
So that's going to start off with some episodes about um, prayer. Uh, we are going to do some special episodes through the Advent season, which is uh, the season running up to Christmas, Christmas itself. And then later in the season running up to Easter, which is traditionally called Lent, we are going to explore some Lenten themes. So I, I think that, honestly, I, I mean, it becomes redundant for me to say that Lewis has a great thought on a given topic. I know that my students here at Eston College are starting to get to the point where uh, it, <laughs> it is predictable who I'm going to be quoting when I'm just vamping and looking for a, for a quote um, and that kind of thing, just because it's on the top of my mind. And I and I really look forward to those of you who are, are Christian listeners you may be familiar with some of his his uh, longer works, his novels on Christianity and, and the spiritual life, uh, but these essays are powerful and punchy, and very very helpful. So I'm I'm pretty excited about unpacking that with our listeners. Yeah, they are nourishing my spiritual life a lot right now, um, as we are diving into them and getting ready for our episodes. Um, you know, another thing that I'm really excited about this season. Sean, is that we're going to have some guests on. Mm -hmm. um, like I mentioned, uh, Pints with Jack, they will be, uh, we haven't nailed down exactly when or what essay yet, but they've uh, talked to us about collaborating at some point. But we do have one guest who will be coming on in the month of December. Like Sean said, we are going to do four essays up front about prayer. And the first three essays are really, uh, really well related. So today's episode and the next um, two essays that we cover are very interrelated. And then the fourth one will be about the Psalms. But in Advent, we're going to cover the very well-known essay by Lewis called The Weight of Glory. It's almost so well-known that I don't know that we should be covering it on our <laughs> uh podcast because it were the lesser known Lewis, but it's just, it's so good. And it's very, you'll find out why it's so well known if you haven't already read it. Anyway, we have a special guest coming on for that episode, but Sean, instead of announcing the guest, do you think we should just give a little hint as to who our guest is? Oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of dangling teasers. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of a hint. Okay. So our guest for December, he is someone who once started a group that was called the Inklings. Yeah, you're right. Um, he did, did that. Um, I think that we can say at least for the two of us, uh, that this person is, uh, kind of a, a major inspiration in our, in our faith, in our scholarship. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and has been a mentor to both of us as well. And so some of the people who are alumni of Eston College uh, would know this individual, but if you are not, uh, you may as well, because uh, they have um, really a far-ranging reach in the mm -hmm. higher biblical academic world. And that's already kind of too much of a, of a hint, I would yeah, say. we kind of just gave, gave it away. Gave it to you so. there. Uh, but we'll <laughs> wait, and in a few weeks, we'll be able to announce uh, this person's name. Yeah. Uh, the last exciting thing, Sean, do you want to tell them about what we're doing, dividing up the episodes? Yeah, I, we, our conversations go a little long. And so I recognize if you're on a 20 minute commute, uh, even if you're listening to us at double speed, which I've been told is not pleasant with the speed that I, <laughs> that I talk at, 
you may you may be saying, hey, I can't actually listen to a full episode before I get to work or even to work and then back home. So for that reason, but also because uh, I know that uh, if you love Lewis as much as we do, then um, a weekly dose of Lewis is is something that you would appreciate. Um, now what we're going to do is we're going to cover two essays a month and we're going to break the conversation about each one of those essays into part, part one and part two. So that means there'll be a new episode every Wednesday for your enjoyment, hopefully, and your edification definitely as you listen to Lewis. And so uh, we're going to try it for now. And you can, by all means, let us know what you think. If you like the uh, longer form conversation better, uh, or if it works better for you broken up, uh, you can send us an email at lesserknownlewis at gmail.com. So that is a lot of exciting stuff coming for season two. Uh, But with all of that introduction out of the way, why don't we get into today's episode with work and prayer? Welcome to Lesser Known Lewis, where two friends and C.S. Lewis fans explore his lesser known works. Join us in season two, where Lewis will be our guide in the Christian life, teaching us to pray and helping us to reflect through the seasons of Advent, Christmas, and Lent. This one was a funny one, Jordan. I don't know if you noticed this. More, you know, C.S. Lewis, when he's presenting his essays, he often presents the counterpoint to the thesis that he is trying to make. He, he states the antithesis, so to speak, uh, or the arguments mm-hmm. against, uh, against his thoughts. In this one, I almost was like, oh, Clive, where are you going? Because a couple of times yeah. he, when he started making his counterpoint, <laughs> it, was, it was phrased or I guess written in such a way that I thought that he that was where he was going. This this uh, this short essay I've got you know two pages printed is uh, is full of counterpoints in it that he actually just really quickly uh, and easily eviscerates. Uh, but he draws a similarity between the work that we do in the world and uh, for you know maybe to use some of what we learn in this essay ultimately the work that we do through prayer. Yeah. So in this essay, I think there's a main uh, kind of objection to prayer that he's uh, bringing it up. And like you said, yeah, he starts out the essay with it and it threw me off the first couple times I read it. Cause I was like, but eventually he says, this isn't true. Why is he s- stating this? Like it's true. Oh, it's his counterpoint. That's where he's starting from. So that's my bad reading skills. Um, so there's a main objection, but there's kind of two side objections that he quickly dismisses or kind of does away with that maybe are are related to the main objection, but do you want to talk about those first? Yeah. Well, and and I guess even though he doesn't organize his essay this way, I would start by saying objecting to what, and, and Lewis is making the point in this, this essay that we should pray and that specifically we should ask for things in prayer that will change what's going on around us. Um, that will change circumstances. Yeah. I guess the form of prayer that he's talking about in this essay and supporting is the sort of prayer where you ask for things, mm-hmm. which is called, uh, he, he will call later petitionary prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like to say asking for things cause that makes sense to me. Yeah, that's right. That's the street language version of it. But yeah, so his, he, he has these, these different kind of, uh, smaller objections, Jordan, you can unpack any of the ones that you would like to, but, but Lewis says, you know, okay, I've heard people say 
that asking things from God, asking God to intervene in a situation or anything like that is a lower form of prayer, lower than what you might ask. Well, lower than maybe just kind of praying your will be done and, and maybe more adoration prayer. Uh, and, and that sort of thing, which, which, you know, he says, oh, well, some people might consider that more spiritually minded. Um, then he also talks, of course, about disappointment in prayer, something that on a pastoral level um, or, or just, you know, as a, as a brother, a sister in Christ, um, as a believer, a disciple, you're going to deal with. Is that, okay, well, we were praying for this thing to happen. It did not happen. So maybe we shouldn't ask for things, you know, that leads to, to deeper disappointment. Um, and then the main objection, Jordan, and again, I, I imagine, like I said, unpack any of the three that you want to talk about. Um, but, but he says, okay, so God knows everything. Uh, God is all, all knowing and he is all powerful. So if he wants something to happen, he's just going to make it happen. And what then do, sense does it make for me as a limited fallen human being to suggest things to God when he could just do them himself? Yeah, like if God is all wise and all knowing and all good, won't he just do what's best for us anyway, whether we ask or not? So what's the point? Um, what's the point? Yeah, I think maybe the whole, the big objection is why bother? And so let me go back to the first smaller objection that you mentioned, which is asking for things from God seems to be a lower kind of prayer. And Lewis says, actually, I, he kind of agrees. It, it probably is a lower kind of prayer compared to um, a higher spiritual form where maybe you're just communing with God, mm -hmm. like um, contemplative prayer or imaginative prayer or some. I, I've done a little bit of spiritual direction um, going through some of the Ignatian spiritual exercises, and there's some forms of prayer there that that I had to learn that did seem a little bit more high-minded or more spiritual. It was less about asking God for things. Sometimes it's not even, you're not even talking at all, or mm -hmm. you're just sitting and listening and being with God. Those things were amazing and are amazing. And I love them. And I've, I've loved what I've learned about them. And comparatively asking for God for things does seem a little bit more childish, certainly. Mm-hmm. And and he actually he actually talks about that though. I I, I think you yeah. I, I think maybe even the difference that I would say is that he says yes, it seems childish, but it can be childlike. And, right. Yeah. And and so uh, he he uh, talks about uh, you know a hypothetical little boy. He says here quote it might be a pretty thing, and then in parentheses. But again, I'm not absolutely certain. If a boy never asked for cake because he was so high-minded and spiritual that he didn't want any cake, but there's nothing especially pretty about a boy who doesn't ask because he has learned that it is no use asking, end quote. So I, I think Lewis, like really briefly with that little analogy, actually talks about how if we're willing to enter into this, quote, smaller or lower kind of prayer, um, that it might even expose our relationship with God. You know, I have, I have hmm. sons at home. And uh, when <laughs> my three-year-old, if he just thought, you know, I'm not, I'm never going to ask dad to play with me after work because he's mm -hmm. always going to say no, or it doesn't matter if I ask, then there would be a deficiency in our relationship. That wouldn't be healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I think that, that Lewis here is saying like, hey, if you're not willing to ask God to do things for you in you, um, then maybe you, you have a skewed relationship with God. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, he kind of says... 
like if you're if it's the case that you're so at one with God and the will of God that you you don't even care about altering the course of events in the world, um, you're just so in God's will that um, you you're just so abandoned to whatever He wants that you don't care to ask for anything different. Maybe maybe that's a more high minded, more spiritual way to be. But yeah, like, like you said, maybe if you're thinking, why bother asking God for things, it could reveal a state of your heart that you're not seeing God rightly as a loving and good father. Um, and, and I resonate with that a lot. So even, especially the, the analogy you just gave about your own kids deciding you know, why bother asking dad to play after work? He's tired. He's going to be, or he's busy or whatever. He's not going to have time for me. Why bother asking that? That kind of gets at the overall main objection, which your kids in a way, that's another way of saying, well, if God, if dad wants to play with me, he will, you know, if he really does love me, he'll come find me and play with me. I'm not going to bother asking. Yeah. That to me sounds like that kid's been hurt before. Yeah. But it also, <laughs> it resonates deeply with me in my prayer life. Yeah. I, in the last couple of years, kind of through some of my spiritual direction, discovered that I had that view of God. Uh-huh. Even in the way that I would tell my testimony and my story about how God has led me through my life, it was it's a cycle of stories that are all the same, which is I wanted to do this thing. And then through prayer, I felt like God told me to do something different. And that was a hard thing for me to do to, to give up the thing I wanted and choose what he wanted. But in the end, it turned out he was right and knew me best. And, and it turns out God knows better than I do what I need and what I want. Well, wow which seems like a really wonderful, true thing. But what that has shaped in me is this idea that why bother wanting anything? Yeah. Because God's going to give me something different anyway. And it's going to turn out to be a pretty good thing. So I, anytime I want something, I will shut down that desire. And, and as I, so I kind of went through a couple of years, a uh, season of, of, depression and anxiety. And as I teased that apart with my, my spiritual director and my counselor, what I discovered at the root of it was that, Hmm. that I no longer had any hopes or dreams or desires in life because I kept shutting them down because of this narrative that I, that I began um, interpreting my life through, which is, why bother wanting anything and why bother asking God for anything if he's going to give me something different anyway and he knows best? Yeah, I, I, that's totally valid. You know, it's funny that you should bring that up. We, we both went to Bible college with somebody named Joel Povey. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joel and I had a conversation one time that was so, so funny because we both listened to The Doors when we were teenagers <laughs> and, and in our early 20s. And there's this really famous opening to a couple of different songs that they've recorded on different tracks. But I think I think it's originally from An American Prayer by Jim Morrison. And 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 he says um, uh, he, he says he's like kind of playing a character. It's in the middle of a poem. But he says back there in seminary school. 
um, they said you could petition the Lord in prayer. And then he repeats that three times, petition the Lord in prayer, petition the Lord in prayer. And then he just yells out, you cannot petition the Lord in prayer. And it's like, it's funny because it's like silly, but, but Joel, hmm. I remember having a conversa- conversation with Joel years ago about this, where he said that truth sunk into my heart and it actually changed my prayer life. Now we've got three different sources, you know, huh. just somebody kind of a, a kind of a, you know, a silly counterculture from the late 1960s song that you you listen to and then the lyric gets stuck in your head and it shapes your prayer. Then we have, um, you know, your own story where it's like, man, this is my own personal narrative and and what I think about God, my theology, really, but my like lived, felt, heart-level theology. And then you have yeah. Lewis, because I, I was thinking when I was reading this essay, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody actually say the words, you know, petitionary prayer or asking God's for th- God for things in prayer is a lower kind of prayer. I- I've never heard anybody say that, but I could immediately relate to it. And, 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 you know, I've, I've been in lots of conversations talking about disappointment in prayer, but I've, you know, never really experienced the counter argument against, oh yeah, you should, you should pray. And, and, and prayer is a good thing. A powerful thing to do it stated the way that he does. And, and especially not this last one, the whole, if he's all wise, he knows what's best. And if he's all good, he'll do it whether you pray or not. And so the whole why bother thing. So the, maybe these three sources, these three streams coming together to one river that changes the way we pray. And and then, and so, and I would even say in, in the essay, like as I was reading it in preparation for this, I thought, man, I should be praying more. <laughs> I was like, oh, I subtly begin to believe this exact thing. And, it, you know, the counter arguments and what it leads to is, is maybe a mediocrity or a, um, a passivity in my prayer life. Like I can't, I can't change it anyway. So why would I try? And then, you know what else it does, Jordan, is that it makes me a little bit resentful and maybe even a little bit condescending to the person who really does put in the hours, right? Whether those hours are, you know, and Mm -hmm. and most people that I know their prayer life, um, again, they talk about how it's a lot of its adoration and a lot of its praying scripture and a lot of its maybe praying liturgy or singing or, or whatever, um, no, it's not all just petitions, asking, 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 but those, those people that ask, they see things change in the end. And, uh, and yet I talk myself out of asking all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So first of all, can we put to bed the first little objection, which is asking God for things is a lower kind of prayer. Yep. I think so. And, and I think Lewis puts it to bed very nicely with that analogy. Yeah, well, I mean, he says it may be a lower form, but this is a nail in the coffin for me. Even though it might be a lower form, it's the way Jesus teaches us to pray. Absolutely. It's the Lord's Prayer. You know, the disciples come to him and say, Lord, teach us to pray. And this is what I preached on just like three, four weeks ago was basically this message on the Lord's Prayer, which is asking God for things in a repeat after me form prayer is how Jesus teaches us to pray. Yeah. Wow. So the, it's, it's like, I think six or seven petitions, six or seven things that you can be asking God for. And that should teach, that's the basis of prayer is asking God for things. So it might be the lower form, but you can't go on to the higher form without first mastering the lower form. And I want to say to you, I, I think that's just so, I, I love that Jordan. That really struck me too in the essay where he just literally says, quote, like, if you're going to believe that, he says, quote, um, 
that the whole tradition of Christian prayer, including the Lord's Prayer itself, has to be wrong. And it just felt with a it felt like a great example of Jesus, the example of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus subverting our best religious philosophy and our best theology. Because actually, you know, the counterpoints are are valid, like somewhat valid. And I know people who are so Christians, I should say, devout Christians, who are so wrapped up in in um, the sovereignty of God that they don't ask for things. Um, but he just says here, but wait a minute, though, if Jesus was asking, shouldn't we be asking? And I think he's right. So yes, I agree. He absolutely drives a railway spike into that coffin. Well, the the sovereignty thing is a good point. That's a good way to look at it, because that's really what we're coming up against, is if God is all-powerful, if he is sovereign, um, why pray? And Lewis's answer in short is, well, if we're thinking about it that way, why do anything? Right. Why, right? And so that's why he means by work, is action, doing things. Why work at all? That was part one of Work and Prayer. Part two will be coming out next week. As always, we would love to hear from you, so send us an email at lesserknownlewis at gmail.com, and we would love to get back to you. Good. I almost said good morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, this is one of those awkward things. How do you start a podcast? I, all I have in my mind is all the YouTube videos I've watched, which just all start. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the, you know. <laughs>